0: Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're back with another one of our Criterion episodes. So, for the uninitiated, Criterion, uh, they're a company, but they distribute uh, movies, Uh, physical media, Blu rays, DVDs, 4K. They also have a streaming service, the Criterion channel. Uh, they are purveyors of good film. Uh, and so you can you can uh, almost guarantee that if you pick up a Criterion film, it'll probably be, be worth your while. There's one exception to that that <laughs> at some point I would love for you and I to talk about. But uh, no, today's movie is uh, one that I know Ashley has been wanting to talk about for a long time. It's one of your favorite movies. Mm. And since we are still technically barely... In Summertime? What better time than to talk about this movie? So, Ashley, tell us about what uh, this movie is.
1: Right, so Summertime was released in 1955. Um, It's directed by David Lean. This is considered to be one of his, or his last small-scale film. After this, he would go on to direct his classic epic films like Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago. Um, But this movie is much smaller in scope. Um, It stars Catherine Hepburn as Jane Hudson. She is a secretary from Akron, Ohio, who has saved up her money to go on a trip to Europe. And this movie is set during her visit to Venice, Italy. And she's traveling alone. She's a bit of a loner. But we also sense that she's rather lonely. And she actually says that she's come on this journey to find something that she's been missing in her life, um, as she describes it, a magical, mystical miracle. So will she find it here in Vienna or here in Venice? Um, It doesn't take her long before she meets a handsome Italian named Renato, played by Rossano Brazzi. Um, So is this her chance to find what she's been missing? That's kind of the setup for this movie. What did yeah. you think of it? Um,
0: well, this is, it's interesting to say this it doesn't take her too long until she meets to. I feel <laughs> <laughs> like almost half the movie goes by before things kind of get oh, underway. Perhaps that. that's true. Um, no, so I would say that I really like most of this movie. It does have a, an unfortunate Achilles heel for me. But we'll get to that later. But no, I feel like this is a real good. It's a travel log for for going to Venice. Mm. Uh, in fact, I was reading afterward uh, that like tourism to Venice doubled after this movie came out, and I can certainly see why. Um, it's interesting. So you know, different experiences we have can sometimes shade our our viewing of something like a movie. And I, you know, a year ago. You and I and some friends went to England for a couple of weeks, and you and I are long Angl- time Anglophiles and, you know, trip of a lifetime for us. And I remember going there and seeing all the sites for the first time and kind of almost taking, I mean, I certainly took pictures, but also took like snapshots in my head and just took it all in, right? And I have seen summertime before, but seeing it for the first time after our trip. I really was struck by like I don't know it impacted me more like when she gets to Venice and it's just you know David Lean takes these um just all these different angles these these shots of Venice mm-hmm. and I was like it made me all of a sudden it resonated with me in a way it hadn't before cuz I'm like this this is how I felt when I was uh, in England mm-hmm. you know just 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 taking these little mental snapshots and kind of just you know drinking it all in so to speak and so I, I really kind of appreciate that aspect of this movie um, even more now. And uh, I think they do a good job with that. Uh, Cinematography is by Jack Hildyard, and um, the movie looks great. Um, we've had this movie for a long time on Criterion DVD, mm-hmm. but Criterion, you know, sometimes doesn't always put things out on Blu-ray. And you, I remember for years, I had to listen to you demanding that they put out a, <laughs> uh, a, a, a Blu-ray of it. Because um, if you watch this on streaming, um, you know, it's it's in beautiful 4K. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, finally they put out a Blu-ray. That's what we have. That's what we watched to in order to do this episode. And it, it's just a great looking movie. And uh, for me, my favorite aspect of this movie is just seeing... The sights of Venice through her eyes and kind of kind of for a little while just kind of sitting with her and her loneliness and some of the people that she meets because you know she's staying at this whole little uh kind of boutique quaint hotel and you know some of the there's Americans there. Um the hotel owner is a is a widow and and she's sort of an interesting character. So that's my favorite aspect of this movie. Now I'm curious so you know, almost as long as I've known you, you've, you've been into this movie. So, what what about this movie appeals to you so much?
1: So, I think it's a very beautifully made and, and wonderfully acted film. I think I, I hold it in higher regard than maybe most people only because um, I it means a lot to me personally, and that probably stems from when I first saw it. I first saw this movie, I think I was in high school, maybe in junior high. And I just happened to catch it on TV one night and I just found it. I I responded very strongly to the themes of loneliness that she has. Um, But also I found the movie very transporting and, you know, you talked about how it is basically a travelogue for Venice and I just loved entering into that world and I found it a great escape. And so I would try to catch it every time it came on and, yeah, it just, I don't know, it means a lot to me for, for that reason. And, and also for the, the Catherine Hepburn element, she's my favorite actress. So I um, I liked that aspect. I think she, this is kind of a different performance for her, a different role. Um, she doesn't usually play this kind of character.
0: So. What do you mean by this kind of character?
1: Um, someone who. I mean, she tends to play the very strong female role. Mm. And. And not to say that she's not a strong female, this character isn't a strong female, but she does have some insecurities. She's very repressed emotionally, sexually. Um, it's just kind of a different kind of role for her. So, I don't know, all of those things kind of melded into something that just really I responded to strongly and, and always have. And I still love to kind of escape into the world of, of Summertime. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. It's beautifully shot. Um, I, I noticed that it had, it got two, um, Oscar nominations, one for Kath Hepburn and one for David Lee. And I'm really surprised that the cinematography didn't get nominated because I think it's just gorgeous. Um, it's one of those movies that for me, you know, you could just kind of take any frame from the film and, and put it on the wall. It's so, you know, beautiful to look at. Um, I also love the the sound design um, and the and the score. There's a beautiful um, score mm-hmm. for this film, and there's a song that there's a melody that repeats throughout the film. Apparently, it's called "Summertime in Venice." Um, it's it's very beautiful, uh, but the sound design is really great too. You hear a lot of Venice um, as she's walking around. There's a wonderful scene right when she gets, you know, right after she's gotten to Venice, she's walking to the hotel and she walks through this very narrow alley between two kind of apartment buildings. And you hear like the life, all the lives that are being lived in these apartment buildings. You can hear the voices and their activities. And it's just a wonderful little scene and it sounds great. And so I I think that's carried throughout the film. You just hear the little sounds of Venice as she's exploring. So sound design's great too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Uh, so this is a nearly 70 year old movie. So we do, we will be doing some spoilery talk, uh, going forward. So just, you know, FYI. And to that end, uh, let's talk a little bit about this romance that she has. So the actor you mentioned earlier, Ros- Rosano Brazzi, and he plays a shopkeeper. He, he basically an antique store is what he seems to be running. And, uh, a young man is working there with him. Um, Rosanna Brazzi's character is obviously smitten with Catherine Hepburn's character. And um, she <laughs> sort of is smitten with him, too. Uh, so at one point, you know, well, I think she asks who the young boy is or the young man. And, and he's like, well, it's my nephew and tells her a whole story. And then, uh, yeah, so they start to um, kind of see more of each other. Um I'll be honest with you, uh, and, and seriously, this movie, like when you see um, posters for it or, you know, DVD covers for it and stuff, I mean, it's him and her with mm-hmm. Venice in the background there. <laughs> and, and so this is very much um, sold as this, you know, romance. But one thing I noticed in this most recent watch of it is uh, I was reminded that, for one, I mean, that doesn't really kick off until 45 minutes to an hour in. So like I said earlier, almost halfway through the movie and, mm-hmm. and then that kicks off. And that's when the movie kind of lost me a little bit. Um, not because I'm opposed to, I mean, I, I like romances just fine, but there's, there's some issues here. And, and I know maybe that's partly the point, but it turns out that that's not his nephew. It's his son. And so over the course of this back half of the movie, she he basically admits to her, like, yeah, I'm married. My wife and I don't live together, but we're married, and you know, um, and and so she, Catherine Hepburn, gets really, you know, kind of initially wound up about that, but then she just kind of throws caution to the wind, and is like, okay, well, whatever, you know, um, and then she says fairly early on, I mean, they've like maybe like had one conversation, like real conversation, and she's like, I love you. And like runs off, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> um, and then the other part that bugged me is, I mean, you know, as far as we can glean, you know, she's a secretary, right, from mm-hmm. Akron, Ohio. She's not retired; she's got a job, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of like how, you know, kind of like I, I was very unfortunately aware of a year ago when we went to England. You know, you got to go home. Right? You're not going to stay abroad forever. And so, I mean, this is all built in. And now you can argue, like, so those movies like um, Call Me By Your Name, where, um, you know, Oliver is this, you know, grad student or whatever that comes and he his he's going to this be in Italy for the summer. And then he's going back to the States. We know that from the get-go. Him and Elio fall in love. And it's very tragic at the end of summer when they have to part. And I noticed what how that worked for me in that movie is I forgot almost for a little while that they were on a time limit. And then when the movie reminds you of that, it's it's kind of almost not to sound dramatic, but it's kind of devastating. Um, in this movie, I was always keenly aware of the time limit, and 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 that you know, hey, she's just a working woman who's here on vacation and yeah, she's she's gonna go home. But like they make it out in this movie like where she makes it out, like, oh, maybe maybe she could stay and I'm like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? I mean, you're gonna give up your your job and your life in the US and like just move in with this antique store guy that you just met who's married and <laughs> lied to you initially about that. and mm-hmm. and I don't know. that all so like they, the movie acts so dramatic when she's leaving and, and he's like, you're leaving. No, don't go. Don't go. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> she was, she, this, this is all baked in. I mean, she was gonna, she was gonna leave at some point. So, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't like, I don't think the movie handled the romance part. Well, either that, or it handled it the way it was supposed to. And it's just not, I'm I'm just not buying into it.
1: Well, it's not a traditional romantic um plot, right? Because she's so she's looking for this magical mystical miracle. She finds something. <laughs> <laughs> she find she forms a relationship with Renato. And I think they have good chemistry together and I think he's very handsome and and debonair and and I can see why she's attracted to him, and, and I think they work well together. Um, but she is so... Well, complication one, and you said it, it takes a while. Well, it takes a while for them to actually meet, but she's very reticent, right? She She's very repressed. Um, <laughs> even when he comes calling on her at the hotel, right, she pushes back. She pushes back at every opportunity that she can. She base. I mean, he really has to... pull her almost literally pull her out of the hotel to go with him, um, out, you know, just for a coffee. Um, so yeah, she's very reticent. And so there, but that's realistic, right? I feel like to her character, that's realistic. And she's very guarded too. She seems very suspicious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that's I think true to her character. Um, I don't know, perhaps these things aren't things you typically see in in a purely, you know, in a typical romance where everything is, you know, roses. um, You don't maybe see this kind of realistic response that this character might have. So there's that. And then, yeah, and then it turns out he's married and he's lied to her. Um, But, you know... (laughs) And, and she says, you know, she says at one point, they they still love each other, but she says at one point, it's not what she had imagined. And I think that's true to life, too. I mean, <laughs> it, things are never as as rose-colored as you, as you might imagine. This magical mystical, magical, mystical miracle is not quite all she dreamed of, but they definitely have a connection. Um, there's definitely, there's a spark there. And... Yeah, they, you know, they end up having a relationship. And I, I would say that they fall in love. I think they're in love by the end. But she knows, what? She knows that she can't stay. And it, it, I, I'll agree with you that it's it's oddly open-ended, her, her visit to Venice. She doesn't seem to have a, a planned date for leaving. She just suddenly announces that she's that she's going to leave at one point because she knows that she needs to, otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. She has to go home, and so she has to cut it off, and she has to leave. And I find it, I always find it very poignant. You know, any any movie, any romantic film that ends with one of the the people having to leave the other on a train, even, (laughs) um, that's going to, that gets to me. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I think this movie does a good job with that because I I like the fact that he doesn't arrive until, you know, the train's already
0: pulling out. And. I will say that, so, you know, this movie is bookended. I mean, it's, it begins with her arriving in Venice on a train and then her leaving uh, at the end of the movie on a, from Venice on a train. And I'll admit, the, the part at the end where, you know, she's leaving on the train, and but she keeps looking out the train window, hoping he will show up. And then he finally does, but it's as the train is leaving and departing and, Mm -hmm. you know, chugging away and he's got this present for her. But anyway, I'll be honest with you. That, that got to me. (laughs) I was, I was moved by that. Um, You know, one thing I was, while we're sitting here talking about it, one thing I was reminded of that I, I, I wished had been done differently. And, and again, I hate to do this, but I'm going to compare this to (laughs) call me by your name because that is another romance that is over. And then like one of them leaves on a train and whatever, Mm -hmm. but you know, call me by your name. While it does have dialogue, obviously, it, a lot of the sort of simmering feelings that Elio and Oliver have between each other is um, unspoken. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't sit around and talk about how they feel with each other. They just feel it. And um, this movie, I feel like, I don't the, the romance. One thing the way I don't like about how the romance is handled is, boy, do Katherine Hepburn and you know Rosanna Brazzi boy, do they talk about Stuff. I mean, (laughs) and in in, in that 50s movies melodramatic way. Mm. And part of me was just, part of me wanted to like say out loud um, show, don't tell. You know, show this romance, quit talking about it. Mm. Um, Because they talk about, they talk about each other a lot or their relationship, or what is this, or how do I, and I'm just like, oh, this, you know, and, you know, that's maybe, that is, you know, maybe a a personal, a personal um, preference, because I know, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, you're cool with it, and, you know, I'm sure that a lot of other people are, and so it's just maybe, you know, your mileage may vary on that.
1: Well, no, and I, I recognize that some of the dialogue is um, not the best. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a line that always makes me laugh, and it's uh, is during a very kind of heated conversation that they have, and he tells her, um, uh, he says, My dear girl, you are hungry. Eat the ravioli. <laughs> I think of that line Often and it always makes me laugh and it's it's not supposed to make me laugh I don't think because it's a very serious moment. Uh, but there's some very there's some very clunky dialogue. There's some other there's some other really nice dialogue that I um, quote to myself anyway all the time. Like um, relax, relax, and the world is beautiful. Yeah, that's it, it. that's, that's, a, good that's a nice line, right? Yeah. And there's also one, and I've said this out loud to you before, but I don't know if you remember, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's all and more than I ever dreamed of. Katherine <laughs> Hepburn says that at one point. She adds, "Back in Akron, but I don't usually say that part." But uh, there's there's just several lines throughout that I I, I like, and maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times that you know certain lines stay with me. I we should also mention there's a she befriends a young boy oh, yeah. um, named Moro. Morrow Morrow Morrow
0: uh, played by and, uh, uh, Gaetano Artario. Yeah, he's like, he's like one of the best parts of this movie.
1: He is one of the best parts of the movie. In fact, I, I remember a few years ago, I tried to find information about him, and to my knowledge, this was the only thing he ever did. I don't think he was ever in another movie, or mm. I couldn't find any information about him. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a wonderful little child actor, and very um, personable, and... I, they have a good chemistry together, the two of them, and yeah, he basically shows her around Venice, and um, is kind of her protector in, in some scenes. And I think he's he's really fun. So that's that's a nice kind of just mm-hmm. kind of side plot with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in there's some other um, side characters that are interesting. There's the McElhenneys from from Kankakee, Illinois, who are kind of. This stereotypical annoying American tourist couple. Yes. But they're very nice to
0: her as well. Um, There's another American couple, right? One of them is played by Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin. The old man from Christmas Carol. <laughs> or not yeah. Christmas Carol, Christmas Story. Christmas
1: Story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's much younger in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's an artist and he has his wife is um, staying at the same hotel that Catherine Hepburn is. Um, so yeah, they're in it. Yeah, everyone's really good. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really feel like this is a, this is Catherine Hepburn's movie. And to me, she really shows this, this character who has all these repressed emotions is lonely. Um, she does that so well for me anyway. There's, there's a scene that always, always gets to me where she's on the, the patio at the hotel She's kind of been left behind. Everyone else has things to do, places uh-huh. to see, and she's been left behind. She's on her own. And she looks out, and they're over the canal, and there's a couple on the bridge, you know, um, a couple in love. And you just see the back of her, and then she turns around, and she's in tears. Yeah. Um, and it's just so effective to me. Um,
0: so. Well, you know, okay, so on a little side note, One thing this movie made me think about, um, particularly this most recent rewatch, was um, about doing things by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, so, there's a lot of people out there that advocate for like, hey, you know, you should be able to do things by yourself and it should be okay. Like, if you want to go out to eat by yourself or you Mm want to go see a movie by yourself, that's fine. And I I think I I agree with that. I've certainly done that in my life. Um, Taking trips... You know, particularly to, um, you know, abroad and, you know, you go across an ocean and you're in a, a city like Venice. You can certainly do that alone. And I'm sure many people have. But, you know, human beings are social, we're are social creatures. And I, I personally think that there is something to be said for shared experiences and not, not just like, A group of random people you don't know sharing an experience, but like someone, you know, someone that you can, you know, look back on the experience with. Um, I remember Roger Ebert one time wrote in his blog about um, I think it was in reference to his relationship, his marriage to his wife, Chaz. And I think he described doing things with like a significant other, although it doesn't have to be, it could just be a friend or, or a family member or whoever, but it's sort of like having a mirror and, and to your life and to your experiences. So it's just, there's something I think to be said for sharing something like this, right. And to, and to have that shared experience and then to, you know, it, it just, I think it carries greater weight. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I, I, it's weird. Like I do think, you know, like if Catherine Hepburn's character wanted to on her lunch hour, go out to eat somewhere in Akron, Ohio by herself, fine, whatever to go to Venice by herself. It's a little, I feel it's a little sad personally, I think.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I know there are a lot of people who travel and travel alone and, and seem to, and to be fine with that. I think in this case, she's looking for something else, right? She's looking for, for more. She wants something, Mm -hmm. um, she wants something that she's been missing. So yeah. When she, you know, sees a couple in love and it's just very impactful to to her. Um, so yeah, I think I just wanted to say that I think she plays this role very well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I want to make clear. I I do like this movie. (laughs) I just wish it maybe handled the romance angle a little differently, but, uh, With that said, what would you uh, give this out of 10?
1: So I give it a 10 out of 10. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) I give it an 8 out of 10. uh, So our score is a 9. And that is uh, Summertime.
1: Thank you so much for listening.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Mm